Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web and his sides Catch this just like flies Look out! Becomes the Spider-Man Episode 70 for June 2009 The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com They're accepting June orders until the end of the month and they have discounts that start at 38% and go up to 75% off the cover price of comics and trade paperbacks. A special this month is for Amazing Spider-Man number 601. The cover price is $3 and mail order has it for just $1.49, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. Welcome back, fellow webheads. We've got a full panel this month. The whole gang is here for a change. It's not just JR and Stella and myself. We've got JR. We'll start off with JR. He's from SpideyKicksButt.com. Welcome, JR. What are we up to on Star Trek viewings? What have we seen? Spock! Good <laughs> Somebody hit snooze on JR. Wow, my God. We've seen, we've seen it four times as far. Four times. Amazing. That, in case you were wondering, that was Khan. Only remake. No, that was that was Eric Bonnet. Oh, got uh, it. Near. Got it. Got it. Spock. Okay. And we have uh, Zag Spidey Dude from SpideyDude.com. Welcome, Spidey Dude. Technical problems are solved, sir. Should be. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least for now. I mean, I, no, my computer's cursed. Every computer I own seems to screw up. So it's all right. It's all right. But well, we got you on the line. That's a good thing. And you didn't have to work today. No. Yes. All right. And we have uh, Kevin, an administrator on the Crawl Space Message Board. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. And we have Stella, also an administrator on the Crawl Space Message Board, and fills in on the front page when I get busy. <laughs> yep. And Fox News actually just reported today that after 21 years, Spidey Dude's Tic Tacs finally <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, and since it was Fox News, one of them cleaned it to the right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't seeing yeah. it, which was leaning. To the yeah, left. no doubt. Well, if it leaned to the left, you'd be even. Anyway, I'd also <laughs> like to welcome Michael Bailey to the show. He's uh, our regular reviewer of the Amazing Spider-Man title on the front page. And I'd also like to welcome, he's now an official member of the Crawl Space Podcast. So welcome, Michael. I am very happy to be here. I appreciate it. And, and I hate that you had to follow the Tic Tac reference. I should just leave Stella for the last comment. To <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask Kevin if he uh, actually got some from his date last week. <laughs> Oh, 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 no, no, let's, uh, let's not talk about train wrecks on the Spider-Man podcast. <laughs> oh, get that bad, jeez. Wow. All right. I, let's just say I wish I had been on the podcast wow. last month. You would have gotten more action, evidently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> back to Michael, if you want to check out Michael's website, fortressofbailitude.com, which you update and you also do your podcast. And you can yes. share it too, so we've got a professional Kind of like what Morbius went out on a date with. Uh, let's start off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're going to hit the uh, spider mailbag first, and I want to uh, give a thanks to a couple people that wrote in reviews on iTunes, and uh, they were very kind to us, and they uh, left some reviews. But before I hit that, we're going to tackle uh, a letter that I got in the mail that uh, this guy's 
doing a very good cause. He's in the Relay for Life, and he uh, wrote me. He says, Dear Brad, I'm a longtime comics fan, and he grew up with it in the 70s and 80s, and his uh, wife and kids put up with his podcast addiction and comics addiction. But he's asking for the viewers of the Crawl Space for some help. He says his brother, who first gave him uh, his first comic books, passed away a few years ago from pancreatic cancer. And since then, he's participated in the annual Cancer Walk fundraiser in his honor. This year, he says, I thought it would be a good idea to send an appeal to you to see if you would consider mentoring my fundraiser and are putting a link to your website on your website. I recently participated in a recent podcast, and they gave a link. And no problem. His name is Paul Spataro. I apologize if I got the name wrong. But I'll put a link on our main page if people want to contribute to the fundraiser and or you're uh, walking for your brother in honor of him. So any, anybody that loves comic books and introduced another person to comic books is a, uh, a hero in my book. So, Paul, we're going to do that for you. We'll put a link up there. And let me go to iTunes, which in the uh, Spidey Dude uh, tech problems i closed <laughs> all right hold on let me let me pause for a second as i get these you know if he would upgrade from that commodore 64 everything would be <laughs> damn it bailey's busting balls podcast one i love it uh all right this one's uh from donald mark uh from our website he gave the podcast five out of five stars on itunes he says this is a terrific podcast that entertains with its various points of view that range from media portrayals of the amazing webhead to the comic industry itself. The five POV all deliver with Brad, the jolly webmaster. It sounds like I'm selling green beans. But uh, we have JR, the wise Gandalf character. <laughs> you like you like the Gandalf reference, JR? Evidently, JR. No, what? he does not. <laughs> JR, you don't like the Gandalf? Did I lose JR? What happened? <laughs> you got to be kidding JR? You there? <laughs> I put JR to sleep, didn't I? All right. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm still here. I'm sorry. I muted my microphone because I was typing. Oh, uh, now, the Gandalf, refer- the Gandalf reference is fine. I was just saying that uh, the reference to me as wise would elicit <laughs> a rather hearty chuckle from my wife. So, uh. <laughs> And we have Spidey Dude, the much chagrined clone fan. And last not least, uh, Spider Girl, the ever unpredictable Spider Girl whose unique perspectives always end up referencing classic literature. <laughs> Kevin, they forgot you. Yeah, I was going to say, if she's last, I must be I know. Shit. It's a wacky podcast with guaranteed laughs and a highly recommend, is highly recommended for any and every comic book fan and a must listen to every Spider fan out. So thank you, Donna Mark. I appreciate it. And the last mailbag thing we're going to hit is, uh, GuyMan442's, uh, iTunes review. He says, this podcast rocks five out of five stars. This is one of my favorite podcasts. The hosts are lively, funny, and overall entertaining. You sure he's listening to this show? I don't know. The I love the differing opinions and viewpoints. I can't stop downloading episodes. The podcast will not disappoint. Keep up the good work. So you're the one killing my bandwidth, huh? Anyway, <laughs> I, I appreciate it, guys. And if you want to leave a review on iTunes, just type in Spider-Man on the iTunes store, look in podcasts, and we're the first thing that pops up. So. And when you're reviewing, remember, my name is Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and mention now. Bailey in the next one, since this will be his first. You're going to get reviews, Bailey. <laughs> All right. Probably be 
Probably more than I get for my show over at <laughs> iTunes, so that's great. <laughs> leave, leave them for him, too. Feel free. All right. We're going to tackle, like we always do, we're going to hit reviews. We're going to start with Amazing 593. Uh, and this one has an awesome uh, cover by Joe Quesada. Did you guys like that, the one with the coffee bean established 1962? I thought that was just creative. I, I give Joey Q props for that one. I think the cover was yeah. the best part. Let's start with JR. I always like JR's two cents. JR, what what do we what do you think of five ninety two? Uh, <laughs> uh, well you, right? you know Yeah, I am. You know, I'm just I'm just kinda old and I have a hard time staying awake during the day. Um <laughs> but um uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, we, we kind of talked in the past about how some, t- sometimes uh, some issues just seem to be fillers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a feeling that this whole 24-7 story arc has, has been a filler uh, to keep us, uh, to try to keep something going between uh, um, oh, character assassination and the upcoming American Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole point of Spidey trying to drive J. Jonah Jameson bats uh, by, you know, doing everything from webbing umbrellas to, to pedestrians caught in the rain to directing traffic is amusing. Uh, that's about what I'll give it. And uh, I have zero interest in this new Vulture. I mean, this is the – if you don't count Vulture 2099, who also ate people, by the way, uh, you know, this is our at least our third knockoff, this time with the red color scheme and acidic vomit. Mm-hmm. Um you know, th- this isn't something I, I this isn't something I would have gone out of my way to get. Um, you know, it's a fair, fairly ordinary story. Um, the cover didn't knock my socks off either. I don't. I really? don't. You know, Casada's art. Eh, Casada's art doesn't do anything for it's me. Got a, gr- I got a I great guess, perspective I guess, I, though. Look at that. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Know. It's. Uh, I. You know, I'm. I'm really the worst person to talk about art. Yeah, I usually only notice it when it's extremely good or extremely bad. If it's some, somewhere in that large middle, I don't really pay much attention to it. And besides, I've never forgiven him for one more day anyway. So you know, basically, he's on. He's on my list. So um, th- this is just. This was just filler until we get to American Sun. Uh, I really can't. Re- you know, this particular issue, I really can't recommend much about it. I've got a little bit more to say about the next issue, particularly a couple of characters that we see a little bit more of uh, in five. 94, but uh, you know, either I, you know, I give this a C. It wasn't a bad issue, but it wasn't a particularly memorable one either. Right. Michael, I, it looks like you gave it a um, four out of five webheads, so that equals about a B, right? Yes, okay, sir. What do you think of it? Um, you know, Jr.'s got a point that it does kind of feel like a fill-in, mm-hmm. but you know, a, a, as for some of the other fill-ins we've gotten, especially last year before, um, what was that called? The the five. The new ways to die. Right. This one was actually kind of interesting. It had a very, to me, kind of classic Spider-Man feel to it, where he's just doing everything he can to piss off J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) Uh, I kind of, you know, I like Mark Wade as a writer, so I'm more likely to give him uh, a good review, anyways. And and I, you know, excuse me, I kind of liked the new Vulture. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, the thing is, it's something Zach pointed out to me the other day. I'm kind of the new guy when it comes to Spider-Man. Right. This is, this, you know, of all the comics I read, I've read Spider-Man, but, you know, as far as following him on a monthly basis. So, to me, a lot of this is kind of new, I, uh, if that makes any sense. Right. So, I'm not coming from it with uh, having seen stuff like this before. Right. A lot. I also enjoyed... 
I l- I'm sorry, I'm screwing up all over the place because my computer's messing up and I can't see my screen. <laughs> it's all that porn. <laughs> uh, yes, all all the porn. Um, and superhero costumes, yeah. I, I have that same problem. I also, <laughs> I also thought there was a lot of good action oh. in this issue. The, the fight with the SWAT team in the subway where the people get on Spider-Man's side and the fight with the new Vulture. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. did. Uh, what, what, was that B, B plus? What do you think? I'd give it a just a, a flat B, okay. you know. In the oh, and as far as the cover goes, mm-hmm. I hate the way Joe Casada draws Spider-Man. Oh. So it was nice that the coffee bean logo kind of dominated the cover for me. Okay, uh, Stella, what do you think? Um, I guess different from I don't know. I really I think that um, is probably the best art that Joe Q has ever done, mm-hmm. and it's just like a really nice perspective. Uh, so I will give him props on that. Uh, I'm closer to JR, probably saying that it's more of a mediocre uh, issue for me. And, of course, I was incorrect, assuming that the shadowy figure in 592 was Morbius, even though it looked like it if I was playing Rorschach test. Um, so this new vulture, I don't know, he's like this creepy, creepy guy. Um, and it's kind of seeming like he's an anti-hero right now because he's going after bad guys. And I feel like we already have enough anti-heroes. Anti-Venom is one of those, and it seems like we don't really need any more. Right. Uh, there are good moments. I think my favorite moment was sort of a nod, I would say, to Spider-Man 2, where the people that get off the train, they start sort of whacking JJJ's um, special task force, you know, telling them to leave Spider-Man alone. So... You know, Spidey has his good days and his bad days. I think overall I would give it a, a B as well. Um, just a mediocre. I wouldn't consider it a fill-in, but, I mean, it is interest, uh, introducing a potential character. Uh, I guess we'll see where that goes. All right, Zach, what do you think, sir? Uh, this whole story was just kind of meh to me. It really, it, nothing really jumped out at me. Uh, I really like the artwork. Uh I, I think that uh, McCone, isn't it McCone? Yeah. yeah. Is, was born to draw Spidey. I mean, this guy, he, every single character is consistent, and they look good, as opposed to Jimenez, which we'll get to in a little bit. <laughs> um, I, like I say, this 24-7 arc, I don't like – the one thing that blocked me, and nobody's mentioned this yet, was the whole Spider-Sense thing. The what? Or was that in the next issue? Wasn't the Spider-Sense thing in the next issue or the, or the – uh, that's the next issue. issue. That's the next issue. Okay. Well, still, I mean, as, uh, having acid pour on your, poured on your eyes, mm-hmm. really? I mean, the, it, they seem like they're trying to do every single issue have a, have a ooh, cool cliffhanger, and it just kind of fell flat to me because everybody knows that Spider-Man's not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. I, I, Wade is, is, is a competent writer. I, I've enjoyed his stuff in the past. But to me, I, I'm going to give it a C okay. uh, for writing and a B for the art. So, uh, C+. Plus. Okay. Finish it up with Kev. What do you think? Well, uh, starting with judging a book by its cover, I agree with Brad. The, this cover was excellent. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think all the covers for 24-7 are really excellent covers, but this would be the high point. Yeah. Uh, the composition of it's great. I love how all three of them, he incorporated something that says open 24-7. On the cover, that was fairly clever. He incorporated the Amazing Spider-Man logo into the art, and it was, and it was very well colored too. They were just really, I think, eye-catching covers, and this one was the best of them. It's actually probably one of the best Amazing Spider-Man covers I've ever seen. That's quite a statement. Yeah. 
Um, the book itself, I, I'll echo Michael. Mark Wade is a very good writer. At very least, he's always a very competent writer. So I generally enjoy his scripts, even if the stories aren't necessarily to my liking. And honestly, I really enjoyed this issue most of the way through. I enjoyed seeing the things Spider-Man was doing with the uh, the citizens, the little uh, you know web umbrellas and yeah. stuff like that. It was <clears throat> it was a good fun issue. It was an enjoyable read. Uh, I probably would have given it an A up until New Vulture appeared. Aww. And New Vulture is just such a flaming pile of crap <laughs> that he sucked all the goodness out of the issue, and for the last couple of pages made it uh, shit. <laughs> So, well, that would be a there's... flaming pile of vomit. I mean, it was vomit yeah, that came out. a flaming it, pile of acid vomit. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what the new. Isn't that what vultures is. do? They throw up on their th- victims. Is that what they do? <coughs> acid. Yeah. No, they throw a puke on them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I'll I get to that episode of the Discovery Channel. So <laughs> I'll get to more of my problems with. Uh new vulture with the next issue's review because he was more in next issue but just the last couple of pages of this uh, really killed the whole thing but it was mostly enjoyable so i'm going to give it a solid b wow it would have been an a if it wasn't for a new vulture he drug it down an entire letter do you remember the last time you gave a b uh back nope. in 70 78 <laughs> when we were recording these on records no <laughs> my goodness uh, I'll give it a B plus. The cover, outstanding. And it wasn't until, I guess I'm an idiot, it wasn't until Kevin just mentioned it. But all of them have diner signs or something that says 24 hours on them. I never noticed that. Maybe it's just me. Anyway, I, I love the perspective. I love the little uh, quirks. I mean, the little inside joke. I mean, you got to be a Spider-Man fan to know that he was uh, created in 1962. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, it felt like an old school issue to me. Uh, I, I loved the J. Jonah Jameson versus Spider-Man feel of it. We haven't had that in a while, I think. Not until that Peter David issue that came out, where after the unmasking. Uh, we have a new villain. I, I don't like that they call him the Vulture. I mean, why why take a name? I mean, we already have the new Craven. We have the new Venom. Why do we always have to get new names for these bastards? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and I thought the ending, I thought as a, as a solid single issue, it reminded me of the old school Spidey. They they uh, he goes up a new, against a new villain, he uh, gets his ass whooped right off the top, and you have a cliffhanger. He's going to go blind. He's he's paralyzed on the top of a building. I mean, I I just dug it. I thought it was a great issue. I was it was a step above the the, the Marvel team up Fantastic Four in the negative zone. So <laughs> B plus out of me. Uh, 594 with the, uh, what's on the cover? Mr. Stay Puff Marshmallow? No, Mr. Mattress. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, who should we, st- who should we start with? Zach, you want to go first? I'll go okay. first. Okay. Hit it. This issue started off bad for me because in this reality, Peter Parker's an idiot. Apparently, because he's never used his spider sense to, to compensate for sight. Yeah. Uh, apparently before this issue, um, it, I think that the scene was just, it was just a, it could have been written much better. You know, he could have been like, hey, you know, oh, I've used this before, let's try this again. <laughs> if he had done that, I would have been a little less annoyed by it. It just was kind of annoying. 
minor quibble. Uh, again, the artwork, fantastic. Um, J. Jonah Jameson dynamic. Uh, they don't seem to like each other. They barely have spoken to each other for the uh, ever. And uh, I, I'm not, and uh, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not too enthused by it. But I, I like this this book because uh, the, the one thing I do I will say about this book is, again, Mark Wade's a competent writer. The there's forward momentum. We are finally seeing forward momentum. Uh, something that uh, I think was sorely, sorely lacking last year. Um, so I, I will say we're actually getting to some point. I, some I, I, I do agree. Could, this whole arc is kind of a filler arc, but uh, but I tell you right now, uh, this is a much more competent filler yeah. arc than some of these others in the past. So I mean, I will give I will give Mark Wade props. He did try to make a story out of this. Uh, Norman Osborn seeing him for the first time was very very nice. Uh, because it's been way too long since we've seen Norman, um, particularly in this dark, dark rain era. Um, you know, uh, what's your grade? What do you what do you give it for a grade? My, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it an A. Oh, there you go. Because it, the holy the arc, crap, <laughs> uh, the arc ended on a high note. Yeah. I mean, because because I mean, it, it, like I say, that forward momentum has been been the biggest issue with me. Yeah. And it, we really start seeing this ramping up to American scientists. The joint disconnect that we've seen in the past is not there. So because of that, because you know we actually got a resolution to the whole vulture thing, he's been hauled off to jail with his broken arms. Um, I want to give it an A. Okay, Stella, what do you give it? Um, I don't know. I feel like once again I was sort of disappointed. Uh, generally, I don't like the character design of Vulture, and I think it took me this issue to really cement that. I guess I mean if he just kept the scarf on, it'd be fine. But the mandibles just creep me out, and they seem like out of nowhere. Like let's put mandibles on this guy. <laughs> I think he needs it. I, I don't know if that's necessary. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I think the biggest qualm I had was probably the biggest like that Zach had, and it was the entrance, sort of, of Norman Osborn at the end. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. Like, Spider-Man's going on with his wife, and then he's all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, Norman Osborn, I should probably think about this guy. <laughs> he wasn't there, like, the entire – I mean, when was the last time we even saw Norman Osborn? I think he should have been mentioned in previous issues. Yeah. He was – I mean – elected to head of Hammer or whatever a long time ago. And I think that's one of the problems with AMS is that Spider-Man in this, in his own comic, doesn't really keep track of the real world. And I think that should have, that point should have been brought up right away, not now, and when it's leading into something else. And I think that was the biggest problem I had with the issue. I think I'd stay again with a B. It wasn't the greatest. And, yeah, I always thought that that guy was a marshmallow, but I see that it's Mr. Matt. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just got to be. Pop Tart, Mr. Pop Tart, man. But, true. What, yeah. what about the proposal? Uh, Aunt May was proposed in this issue. Or propos- propositioned. Yeah. <laughs> proposition. I think the proposition happened a couple yeah. issues ago, actually. Um, oh, you know, I forgot. No, I'm fine with that. I mean, I think people would argue about the month, and even I probably said something, you know. Um, well, I'm just against this whole Aunt May having sex, I guess, you know, whatever, unmarried. But, you know, people get married um, less than a month, and, you know, it lasts, so I'm fine with that. But I did forget to mention the biggest thing about this month that made me really happy is that, man, Peter Parker was naked like two-thirds of the time. <laughs> and he's a very attractive young man, so I was pretty excited yeah, about they, that. Yeah, they hit him with, uh, like, uh, steam and stuff like that and, and uh, towels yep. and stuff. 
So yep. I, I, you know, I actually thought of you when I was reading that. I was like, ah, she's going to dig this. <laughs> yeah. And then Vin's sister, of course. That could be an interesting character if they play her right. So. Well, the first Gonzalez wasn't that impressive, I don't think. But anyway. That's yeah. true. Uh, Kev, what do you think, sir? Well, uh, what do I think? Uh, this was an issue focusing a lot on New Vulture, and I just said how I feel about New Vulture. The thing is, we've had now a three-issue story to introduce this new version of an iconic character. And who? Vulture? What do you know about him? Yeah, okay. Vulture. What the hell do we know about him after this three-issue intro? Got, I mean, got bad indigestion, I'll tell you that much. Yep. Okay, we know... <laughs> actually, we've got a few conflicting things that aren't really explained. At first, Spider-Man webs onto him and says, Oh my God, you've got real wings. Okay, what the hell? <laughs> and then next, Spider-Man webs onto him, and he rips through the webs, and Spider-Man says, oh my god, you've got razor wings. Okay, what the hell? <laughs> um, then he goes to Adrian Toomes, which is an interesting thing. I'm glad they included Adrian Toomes, but we get basically the best explanation we get for who the hell this guy is, is Adrian Toomes going... Yeah, see, the talk of the big house is that the mob screwed this guy up something fierce, and now he wants revenge. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's that's our whole motivation and backstory for this character. We don't even have a freaking name. He speaks about twice with that little curly horror-type dialogue balloon. Ooh, he's so creepy. <laughs> and we don't know a damn thing about who this new vulture is after his three-issue intro, three intro story after which we're going into a couple of big storylines that have jack-all to do with him. So I feel like they really screwed the pooch with introducing this <laughs> character, because do you care about him? I mean, does anybody want to see him come back? We don't know enough about him to have attached on to him, and what we saw kind of struck me as shit. <laughs> so I think they screwed it all up on that one. I liked the use of his spider sense when he was blind, mm -hmm. but... He kind of had to figure out how to use his spider sense that way, and at one point when the vulture was coming after him, in the last issue, I believe, before he was blind, he mentioned that his spider sense was going crazy, but there was no way to tell which direction the vulture was coming from. Now, that's I know continuity isn't a big thing with Brand New Day, but his spider sense is better than that. Yeah. Before his whole upgrade on his powers and the other. I mean, we, don't, we still don't know if that's an effect, but I'm talking before that. During Sin's past, he is standing in the graveyard before the Stacy twins ever make themselves known. When he's standing in the graveyard, he realizes, through his spider sense, that he's being watched. And he feels somebody, and he notes that they're coming from that direction. Right. Then, after he hears that voice, still with his spider sense, he realizes there's somebody else in the other direction. His spider sense is more finely tuned than this, and he knows how to use it. So that, yeah. that bit of continuity screw-up kind of annoyed me. All right. Um, and then there's the Norman thing that Stella brought up. His, this could have been, if they'd addressed this from the beginning, this could have been a very nuanced character story on Peter Parker. What we get is in the very end of it, he says, oh my god, this whole time that I've been going after JJ, I've actually been wanting to go after Norman. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> he, uh, we could have explained this mm -hmm. really easily if throughout the issues, say... He's thinking about going after J.J., he needs to do this, you know, he feels compelled, and we see a panel of him when he's thinking about that swinging by an Iron Patriot billboard saying, I want you, or something like that. Show us 
what's in the psychological underpinnings here, and this could have been a really interesting character story, but they just didn't seem to want to put that much effort into it. It's funny that... There's other things about the issue that bug me, but I'm I'm going long, so I'm going to go ahead and just give this story a flat C. I could go lower. Mike McCone's art's really good, so I'll give it a flat C. I think it's C. funny that Norman's in every other book except this one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, he's in Ms. Marvel, for God's sakes, <laughs> not Spider-Man. Uh, JR will hit you up. Before JR, before you review, do you remember a time where he used his spider sense like Daredevil? I'm trying to think. I remember it, but I don't remember the issue. And you're our historian. Well, yes, I was actually I was actually going to mention. Okay. That. Um, first of all, I was going to mention all this praise of on, of Mark Wade. Uh, Mark Wade also also gave us that dreadful Spider-Man House of M five parter from a few years ago. So uh, <laughs> I've never I've never really been jazzed about Mark Wade. Um, take that, take also, that, Bailey. <laughs> And also the uh, yes, Spidey going blind and using his other senses was uh, uh, a story point that was used in the Frank Miller issues of Spectacular Ah, Spider-Man about thirty years ago. Now, of course, that's just another example of why Marvel has to hate old guys like me, uh, since nothing is ever new to us and everything is a retread. So maybe it's maybe it's just that I need some more Metamucil or something to, uh, you know, get me going. Uh, you know, make me more uh, uh, smooth and uh, happy. Spectacular Spider-Man twenty-seven and twenty-eight, right? First, that sounds about right. First, that sounds Frank about Miller right. on Daredevil. All right, gotcha. I knew I, yeah, when I knew he, I remembered uh, it. I couldn't think of the issues though. Yeah. Yes, the mask, the mask marauder had blinded him and he had to stagger around wow. and then, with Daredevil's help, he slowly realized that he could use his spider sense and his other senses to navigate around the city. That, so, that's uh, why you're, you're our historian, JR. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> what were you about? That's, that's why I need, that's why I need a friggin' life, right? You know? <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know, this, uh, I hate to keep ragging on these issues because I just sound like a grumpy old fart with a stick up my ass. <laughs> Now, but uh, I wonder, you know, Vin's sister now, Michelle, I mean, is she yet another potential romantic interest for Peter Parker? I mean, how many of these tramps are we going to have? I mean, parading through, you know, parading through the issues of Spectacular, I mean, parading through the issues of Spider-Man, you know, as potential, uh, you know, targets for Peter to lay. Um, so, I mean... I mean, I don't know else what 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 potential what potential she really serves. I mean, other than having another you know a threes company thing, if Ben starts, sh- well, no, that would really be creepy though. Um, <laughs> another another thing is is Jay Jonas Senior just too good to be true? I mean, he seems like such a nice guy, and that's such a nice counterpoint to his son, and he always has these witty comments, and and May just says, "Oh, you make me laugh, you make me laugh," <laughs> you know. You, and I enjoy your company so much. He's a, he's I mean, a robot, just like his parents. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I mean I'm going to, you know, come up with some of the vultures' acidic barf on this one. I mean, I just can't stand this guy. I mean, he's not a, you know, he's he's not a, uh, he's not a character. He's a caricature, you know. I mean, and to me that, I, I know, I know there's been some chatter on the Spider-Man crawlspace message board uh, about uh, J. Jonah Jameson Sr. and how he's, you know, how he's, you know, obviously destined to get killed off or something. I mean, but but something's got to be up with him. So, and I think Aunt May jumps at his marriage proposal way too soon. I mean, I know she's old and she has to move fast, but you know, after only being after after only I don't know. Maybe this is the first guy that's taken her under the sheets. Maybe that's it. I mean, after all, 
you know, I mean, Doc Ock certainly, you know, Doc Ock, there's not enough he room for Doc He was all hands. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, there's not enough room for Doc Ock to get under the sheets. Wow. I mean, there's just uh, wow. too many limbs there. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, and, and Nathan didn't work from the from the waist down. And, uh, well, there was, you know, there Willie was Lumpkin, I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, Will, Willie Lumpkin, I mean, how could you, how could you do anything with Willie once you get a look at those ears? Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe, maybe Senior's the first one to really give her some action, and that's why she's so mesmerized by him. But I don't know. He just seems too good to be true, and I won't belabor that point. Um, one thing I did like, though, I mean, I did like it when Spidey just effortlessly cracked all of the vulture's bones at the ends to take him out. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge. This is a superhuman being. You know, and basically all he does with these bad guys is he just puts pussyfoots around with them and lets them clean his clock and things like that. I mean, he just he should just go for the gusto, you know. And and in this case, he does. You know, the guy, you know, basically like give up. No, okay, here it comes. Crack. Yeah. You know, that's what he should do. So it's good to see him get down to business. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, you know, again, I'd have to say another C. So there we go. Another C. Okay, uh, Michael, we haven't hit you up. Um, and you gave it another four out of five. I, it looks like on the site. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go for a B minus on this. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty telling that I I liked Michelle more than her brother in like the three panels <laughs> we saw her in. Then all of last year when I thought that Vin was the most annoying character yeah. that they created for Brand New Day. The, the the thing about you know Peter using the spider sense in the way he does and the fact that he's done it before. You know, to keep myself sane when I when I you know have to review these things for the site, I have to put myself in the mindset that one, they're writing for new readers; they're not writing for old readers. So I have to kind of keep that in mind. And two, the the new styling of characterization is that you introduce somebody, don't give a whole lot about them, and then later reveal. I mean, look at Cable. Mm. You know, back in the '90s, look at Wolverine back in the '70s. Mm-hmm. You know, we get we we had to wait decades to get any kind of backstory on Wolverine, and he was one of Marvel's most popular characters. Having said that, I like the new Vulture, but I can see where other people don't. Yeah. I like the kind of Blade Two Reapers look that they they gave to him. I thought that was kind of an interesting new design on it. I liked the conversation with Adrian, but for some reason, I like the Vulture, even though he's just a creepy old man with an anti gravity device. Yeah. <laughs> I, he, he's the best story with him was that Web Spinners, where he was at the bar with the second Craven and Norman. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that. JR does, I do. <laughs> um, but I, but having said all that, I kind of went into this thinking, wow, that's kind of a neat thing for people who are new to the character to see that he's using the spider sense and kind of using his brain to try to figure his way out of a problem. Uh, Norman was mentioned before. Norman was actually mentioned in the first scene of the Marvel team up with Fantastic Four. He was, you know, where he's sitting. Yeah, he where he's sitting on the on the wall talking to that criminal. Mm-hmm. He's he he talks about Norman and the fact that he's um, you know now in charge. I think the reason why we didn't get to see that sooner is that you know between character assassination. And some of the other things that were going on before that, they didn't have a chance to catch up with the post-Secret Invasion Dark Green world. Mm. So, again, it, it's something I can see, but I kind of liked the way they placed Norman here and that we had the Spider-Man with the solemn oath at the end. Uh, I'll give it a B-minus, though, because 
my one big problem was the, the mixing of artists in this. Yeah. Barry Kitson and Mike McCone are both very good artists. I just don't really like their styles together. This isn't you put you know your chocolate on my peanut butter. <laughs> I guess I should say I, I don't like the speed with which Jonah and Aunt May are are getting together. I don't begrudge the old lady for for, for getting some, frankly. <laughs> I, I mean, we all need love, but I, it felt like they stuck it here so Excuse that me? they could have. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. No, they stuck it here so that uh, they could have the wedding in 600. Yeah, I can. See that. And, and 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 we can kind of play with the the engagement through American Son. The other thing I didn't like is it was really great to see you know the people of New York kind of siding with Spider Man. And then I get, you know, it felt like an episode of Voyager, where you have all this really neat character development, but then right there at the end of the episode, everything has to be kind of set back to where it was. Right. So I'll give it a B minus yeah. in the end. I'm with uh, Michael on this B minus. The cover annoys the shit out of me because, <laughs> first of all, you need Spider-Man at least taking up, I'd say sixty percent, maybe fifty percent on a on a average day. Spider-Man takes up. I five percent, ten percent of the of the cover on this. You, you can barely see yeah. the guy. Mister Mattress is taking up thirty percent of the cover, and the logo is fit forty. I'm I'm getting confused with numbers. Anyway, I want Spider Man's ass on the cover of the book. <laughs> well, not that uh, not, not literally, but uh, <laughs> first of all, the cover just annoyed me. Um, well, Brad, I'd. Uh... I'd debate you on that, because I think there have been plenty of great covers of great comics that don't include their main protagonist at all. It's just what, you know, a villain what, or something. I don't what's think... What's a Spider-Man one? I'm trying to think. There, I know <laughs> Alex been, Ross, Green Goblin. Yeah, Green Goblin covers, Venom covers, you know, things that don't even have him on there. It's I don't think it's required to have your protagonist be the biggest thing on there. I also think it's interesting, and I think it's intentional, yeah. if you look at these three covers mm-hmm. where, you know, he's got the 24-7 thing. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is pretty much the whole cover of part one. He's much smaller on part two, and he's tiny on part three. Um, and the things that are, you know, uh, in the first one, what was the first cover? It was an all-night diner, maybe? Right. And then the second one was a coffee house trying to keep him awake, and that gets bigger. And then the third one, Mr. Mattress wants you, and that's the biggest thing. And I think that was kind oh. of... Uh, illustrating the art, you know, tired. Spider-Man's getting worn the hell out. Uh, see, I, I, oh, I, I, I need you for my, uh, my, uh, what, what, what did I used to read in high school? The yellow books, uh, Cliff Notes. I need my, uh, my oh gosh, I need, I need my Kev, I need my Kev notes. <laughs> Happy to anyway, I, I know what I like. It's kind of like the Supreme Court and pornography. I know what I like, and that wasn't it. Uh, <laughs> Wow. So I went a long way for that one, didn't I? Uh, I don't know what I think of uh, Aunt May and uh, JJJ getting married. I, I kind of can see where it's going. Uh, is there anywhere else for him but to die and it be Spider-Man's responsibility? I mean, or to be revealed as some big evil mastermind? He, Whoa. Maybe he's Mister Negative. I don't know. I mean. He's got to die, and he's got to get responsible for the death. I mean, that's where... Yeah, she is kind of a black widow, when you think about I, it. I know. Once you once you bang Aunt May, you're dead, dude. So she eats her... Never mind. Uh, it's, like uh, a red shirt. it's like a red shirt on Star Trek. Exactly, she's a red shirt. See, Jared, we got another spider, uh, Star Trek fan. Uh, <laughs> 
what what else? The uh the other thing that bothered me was the Daredevil uh, the blindness thing where he thought this was all new because I couldn't think of the re- issue JR just refreshed me on. But I'm like, dude, we've been here. We've done this. And I'm, I'm old. They don't want me, like JR always says. And I don't mind that Vulture changed his name. I, I thought it was cool that he puked on Spider-Man's face. That was just, I thought it was a neat fight. But some guys really like getting puked on the face, I guess. <laughs> that explains what happened to Spidey Dude's face. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Michelle was just kind of, hello, I'm your neighbor who's lived here two months. Uh, what the hell are you doing here? That's just odd. I don't know what that's about. Um, pretty, B, B minus. Wasn't as strong as the previous. And I also, as many have said, why is Spider-Man just now saying, you know what? I gotta go after Norman. I, I just thought that was odd. So it's two odd things. The blindness, spider sense, and the uh, suddenly the light bulb over his head. I gotta go get Norman. Was just kind of throwing me off. But uh, I forget who said it, but I think it was Spidey Dude who said that there is some forward progression, and that's what I think these books have been lacking. I thought the uh, Marvel team up in the negative zone was just a stall, and this one seems to be moving somewhere. So B minus out of me. All right, we got one more. We're messing with the uh, sounds like a 1970s folk song, American Sun. Or was was that an American folk song? American yeah, Fortunate Son by CCR. Bye bye, American. Well, uh, pie. American Pie. Okay, never mind. That was. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> Evidently, I've picked Stella off first, so we'll start with her. Uh, Five ninety-five. What do you think, girl? Okay, you know, I'd really like to do a play-by-play, but that would probably take too long. Right. First of all, the scene in the park, it could have been really cute and endearing, two guys hanging out. But it's pretty much cemented my idea that men in comics, unless they are gay, which there are a couple of them, cannot write women at all. (laughs) First of all, our first clue came in the previous issue because... Either Michelle is a lesbian or she's just, I don't know, there's no way that you would not look down and have any sort of reaction that there's a naked guy in front of you. <laughs> and then here, these two girls are not reacting at all. Pretty much if I was told, you know, your shower or whatever, I would call you a bastard and walk away. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Okay. You know, moving on, I think that's a great speech that Peter's got going. He's really fired up. He might actually do something productive. Um, I don't know. The Nancy Pelosi comment was weird, especially when you flip to the next page, and there's a little, um, what are those called, a little bump, you know, between Wolvie and uh, fist, Spidey. Fist bump. Fist bump. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Pretty much, you know, going the uh, the Obama way. So it's it's very strange how they... It seems like they side Republican and then they side liberal, trying to, you know, play both sides. Wolverine, I don't know why he's the the one character that they always seem to bring in. He's been in countless times. I wish maybe he Spidey would hang out with somebody else, but I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, the Jameson thing I had a problem with because the last time we saw the father and son, they were still at odds with one another, and now all of a sudden J.J.'s kind of being nice to him so i don't know we sort of i guess maybe this all happened while we were in the not the negative zone uh that's dc what is that the microverse the macroverse no, negative zone's but, marvel i think is it's just, it? negative oh, zone yes. is marvel but this was the oh, microverse okay. <laughs> okay but i mean it'd be kind of nice to see how this relationship progressed but i guess we're not going to get that yeah. And, you know, I'll do a little Kev, Kev notes as well. Um, I hate, uh, Menace, 
But, you know, it seems like her character design right now is a little more, excuse the pun, menacing. <laughs> and I sort of like the uh, symbolism of the fully grown horns before they were just shaved off. And I think that sort of spoke to her uh, her persona where she was doing these terrible deeds, but in her mind she was doing it for the greater good. She was doing it for someone else, not necessarily herself. But now it seems like she it's like no holds bar for her now. She'll probably do whatever is asked of her. And so they're fully grown. She's probably really uh, over the dark side now. Um, <clears throat> but the very last panel I have to say is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> and probably the worst idea. Really? <laughs> so that would Oh, yeah, it, no. A pregnant menace? You've got to be kidding me. I think I probably raised some hell on the message boards when I saw the next cover, I think, that's coming yeah. out, this pregnant menace. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think because of that, I would give that issue a B minus, C plus, yeah. kind of on that teetering on the edge. Uh, JR, what do you think of uh, Spidey being a Democrat? <laughs> Well, I don't know about Spidey being a Democrat, but it's pretty obvious that most of Spidey's writers have been Democrats. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 um, there, there are a number of things that I agree with Stella on some of this. I mean, I, 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 first of all, A Touch of Osborne always makes for an interesting story, and there's a lot that I did like about this issue for obvious reasons. Uh, but then there's a lot of little things I didn't like. The, um, the obvious political reference, uh, you know, well, it took eight years to get rid of the last guy. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> remind, I mean, it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, Wolverine, first of all, Wolverine's Canadian. What the hell does he care about American politics? You know? I mean, and the guy, you know, I mean, when does the guy even watch TV, you know? I mean, he's all these super teams. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, when does he have time to follow the American political landscape? Um, it reminds me of the time in the Spider-Man annual when Aunt May came back from Florida and was talking about that nice Al Gore and that horrible guy he was running against. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just was completely out of, um, uh, out of place. Uh, I do agree with, with Stella that the, the first couple pages were awkward. Um, of course, then again, I mean, not only do comic writers not understand women, comic readers don't understand women. <laughs> Men don't understand women. I mean, I've been married for 20 friggin' years. I've got a daughter. I don't understand women, you know. So that's, that's not surprising. But, yeah, it is kind of, it's kind of a – and, you know, I don't know what it is with with buddy scenes. This buddy scene just seems gay. You know, I mean, guys. It's a bromance. I know, but it just seems gay. I mean, I don't. I mean, I've got a I've got a buddy, but I don't. You know, I don't sit in the park with my shoes my, in my bare feet and talk about cute and funny things. You know, I mean, it, it just seems gay. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not a political statement, but I mean, it just uh, like they're a couple. Like they're a couple, yeah. Yeah, it just seems wrong. So I agree. It's, it's a very awkward, a very awkwardly uh, written scene. Yeah. Uh, the things I do like, I mean, this is an example of why I think bringing Harry back was a good idea because when he and Norman get together, I mean, these are just two clearly tortured souls. I mean, they love each other, but they can't stand to be in the same room with each other for too long. Kind of like my wife and mother-in-law. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but there's always, when, when, when written well, there's always some kind of electricity between the two because they're just two completely screwed up people. And it's always kind of fun to watch them interact. Um, 
And um, I love the jabs between Peter and Jonah. You know, after they, you know, the, you know, Joe get on Peter uh, on Peter's jacket, and then Peter says, "Yeah, I found it hanging in Satan's closet next to your soul." <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just kind of love. I mean, it's fun to see Peter and Jonah going at each other. Um, and I'm really starting to like Lily and Menace and what she brings to the story. I. You know, I, I I kind of am intrigued by this pregnancy thing. I mean, I wonder <laughs> I wonder what the hell the baby's going to look like. It's a combination of of two goblins. I mean, uh, it'll look like you know what in the world, what kind of monster is this going to be? Look like Nightcrawler uh, or something. Yeah, but you know, and she adds complications to poor Harry's life, which is pretty complicated to begin with. The only negative is that Harry is starting to become a more interesting character than Peter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and. Um, that's not the way it should be, um, which is, uh, you know, which is, I think, a testimony to how bland, you know, one more day has or a brand new day has made Peter. I mean, that was kind of the whole. I mean, this this is what the whole idea of brand new day was about to make Peter as generic and bland as possible. And I think we're starting to see that by the fact that all the other characters are far more interesting than he mm-hmm. is. Um, and um, the last thing I want to bring up is that. Bring up my old guy credentials again. The, this the, Spidey beating up on Norman is very sim- similar to uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number 250 when Spider-Man crashes into Osborne's penthouse and beats the crap out of him again. So, but I actually kind of like this, yeah. so I'll give it a I'll give it a B B minus. You know, it's not great, but uh, it's a it's a good springboard for hopefully what's coming. Well, what'd next, you What'd so. you think of the homage to the uh, famous Romeo Senior cover where he pulled him out of the limo and he's dragging him like? Um, uh, that famous image that they did. Yeah, I thought that was great. Well, the, well, the thing is, I mean, uh, the whole last uh, few issues have seemed to be an homage to the past, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, uh, nothing. Special. And the okay. and the Norman at the dinner table was an homage to Spider-Man One, I thought. But the the uh, I mean the the movie. You know where he's raising his glass, like that Thanksgiving scene or whatever it was. I just I, I just right. got flashback to that when I read it, but. Maybe if he was starting to cut the turkey, maybe. Yeah, but, uh, Spider-Man starts know. randomly bleeding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bailey. Now, if Romita, now if Romita Senior had drawn that one panel, yeah. then I would then I would really have been jazzed. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Bailey, what do you think? Um, I, I gave this a five out of five, mm-hmm. which I promised myself I would never do. But I th- the mark of a good comic is how long it takes you to read it, and usually I can breeze through an issue of Amazing Spider-Man pretty quick. But when I sat down to read this last weekend, I I was like really riveted by the story. I thought this was a great introduction to American Son, and unfortunately, the next issue has ruined a lot of that. But I will get into that next month. Uh, yeah, five ninety six sucked. <laughs> uh, but what I liked about this uh, one, I, I agree with everybody that the political conversation feels very out of place. I mean, where the hell does that come from? That comes from the writers wanting to make a pithy joke. However, on a character front, you've got Peter, whose two main adversaries are are businessmen in suits, I mean, uh, uh, who are constantly trying to kill him in one way or another. This is not a guy that's going to like the Republican Party all that much. And then you've got Wolverine, who's been screwed over by 16 different governments by this point. (laughs) So while I felt it kind of out of place, it did feel right for both of the characters, if that makes any sense. Uh, I kind of like Wolverine and and Spider-Man palling around, and I get the sense of that, that their time as new Avengers has brought about this friendship. So him showing up all the time, and especially having this conversation, 
I don't know if JR or Brad um, or the rest of you remember this. Back during Ma- Maximum Carnage, there was a very heated debate, especially in the pages of Wizard Magazine, when that magazine, you know, mattered, uh, <laughs> about whether or not Spider-Man should, should have killed Carnage. And it's interesting to see that question being brought up again. You know, does he take out Norman? I mean, obviously he's not going to because Dark Reign is going to continue beyond American Sun. But it's an interesting question to ask. Does Spider-Man have it within him to kill this guy? And the beating he gave him at the end uh, was, was extremely savage. And Norman seemed to be enjoying it like you're playing right into my hands. Yeah. You know, you could beat me all you want. It's not going to change the fact that Harry just called yeah. and is going and is now on my side. I like this reintroduction uh, of Lily. I-, I thought having her come back here because she's pregnant, and and Marvel really screwed the pooch on that one <laughs> by showing that cover a month and a half ago in previews yeah. with 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 that god awful. I had to vomit after seeing it. Uh, you know replace it about thinking about baseball with certain events. I mean, it's the same thing. And it's just, it would have made for a better ending to this issue if I didn't know it already. But overall, uh, great issue except for the art. I am not a fan of Jimenez. And I thought the cover was especially distracting with that UPC symbol being in the upper right-hand corner. Yeah. It just looks completely out of place. Yeah, that, I, I'm with you on that. That was one of the very first things I noticed. What I, you know, what the Marvel sometimes does is place the UPC symbol on the back cover, but I guess Nintendo didn't want to distract their ad on the back. Yeah. So, but uh, a a minus out of you is that what you said? Yes, a minus. All right, two Kevin and Spidey dude we have left. Right, Kevin, you want you hit it? Well, um, I'll start by saying I had no end of character characterization problems with this issue. I mean, pretty much everybody was acting in ways that I didn't think they should be acting. But in lieu of talking about all the specific plot points and characters, I'll tell you about my reading experience with this one. And I always take my comics to work with me. And, you know, there's a lot of slow points of the day. I'll read them between customers. I have a nice big desk, so I'll be reading a comic. A customer comes in. I put it down. I toss it aside. And when the customer leaves, I will pick it back up. Mm-hmm. My usual experience with Amazing Spider-Man is I'll start reading it, a customer will come in, I'll toss it aside, and I'll find any excuse of something else to do, start browsing around on the Internet, because I just do not want to go back to that issue. I'm not really into it, I'm not enjoying reading it, and I it'll take me sometimes two full work days to read these two issues, or three issues a month. Right. And this one... I was actually anxious to get back to, which surprised the hell out of me. I was into it. I was enjoying reading it. I would get annoyed when a customer would come in and interrupt me. And the minute the customer left, I would be picking it back up and devouring it again. And so it, I think it doesn't matter as much, all the uh, character problems I have with it, because that's just kind of, that's brand new day. And at this point, I've complained about that enough, and I can't necessarily hold it against every issue. The reading experience I had with it is is what's important. It was an enjoyable issue. I liked it. So I'm going to give it a B plus nice. just for giving me that level of entertainment. It's it's kept from an A because I still have those issues, but I really enjoyed reading this issue, and that's something that I can't usually say about Brand New Day. This is a good month for you. Yeah, it kind of was. Know, I'm, 
Except for New Vulture. Yeah. If he had been out of it, we would have been good. It would have been the Flash Thompson month all over again. Uh, <laughs> didn't I give out an F right after Flash Thompson? Oh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Sp- Wasn't that like the Hammerhead shit? Oh, also okay. Joe Kelly, by the oh, way. Man. Uh, That's what was really surprising, yeah. was that Joe Kelly could give t- uh, an F issue and a G issue. <laughs> And then come in with this issue. I was kind of blown away. My expectations were really low. Classic. All right, uh, Spidey Dude, what do you think, sir? What's your grade? <clears throat> Going once. Apparently he's still on the crash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. How was that? All right. I, thought, I thought that was Mike that was on the crash. Well, Mike's back. <laughs> Mike's back. Okay. Everybody's back. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> nachos we had before the show started. My God. Uh, I would have taken the laptop in with me. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> Is that what we have? You know, we're going to we're get in trouble with Bertrand Beetle again for all of our in jokes here. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zach, what do you think of this issue? Five ninety-five. Uh, you know what? It was probably one of the strongest issues. Uh, these, in fact, I'm going to say this: the strongest issue of the year thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said that I said that back in, back with the uh, Fantastic Four arc, uh, but it never got released uh, <laughs> because the audio was so bad. But um, this was the strongest issue, uh, most complete issue that I've that we've read so far. I think um, as uh, as it's been pointed out, I mean this is a point we beat to death. Basically, the the I, I could have ripped out the uh, the page of. Uh, with Wolverine and and Spidey talking politics, I didn't even get. I didn't even. That bothered me probably the most about this issue. Uh, I am. Everybody knows I am a card carrying conservative, and uh, I'm not a huge Obama fan. Mm-hmm. But you know, they could have done without it. And, and you know what? A year ago, a superhero fist bump was just you know between two guys. You know, uh, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have any political connotations a year ago. So that, that didn't bother me as much. It's just the whole, my, my issue with that is, mainly is, okay, if we had Bush for eight years, then how long do we have Carter, Reagan, and Bush Sr. and Clinton over the past 35? I mean, if we have this decompressed timeline, was Bush really in office back in 92? <laughs> you know, I mean, because Marvel time is so much slower. I, I felt like that dates the book. Yeah. Quite a bit. Uh, that that was a, that's kind of a big gripe with me. <clears throat> you start referencing pop culture stuff. You know, it's like Hypno Hustler is the classic example of that. So uh, that could I could have done without that. The art. The one thing that bothered me the most about the the cover, and this has always bothered me with Jimenez, is apparently he doesn't know how to draw Spider-Man's eyes. Uh, I'm used to the Ramita Senior, Ramita Junior, Spider-Man eyes, and um, I I just don't like the I don't like his eyes on Spidey. Uh, other than that, I really do like his uh, very super hyper detailed artwork. So I'm gonna give this a uh, I'm gonna give this an A. Okay. A A A plus. Let's do that. Seeing how this is the strongest book of the year, I'm gonna say A plus. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, I don't like the art either, but it didn't stop me from enjoying the book. I'll give it an A minus. Uh, kind of like Kevin said, you know, this one, and, and what Michael said, this one, there was a lot in it, and I, I appreciate that. It's not decompressed. There was a, ni- some nice Osborne moments. 
there, one thing nobody mentioned was that girl that hit on Peter in the uh, daily. Is it grind? What's the name of the the front line? The front line office where she passed him a little note. I thought that was kind of cute. Stella, do you like that little note? That little yeah. scene? Yeah, that's where the whole Nancy Pelosi thing. And I mean, Nancy yeah. Pelosi is liberal, so I was wondering where that hit come from. Yeah. Came from that girl's been Nobody hitting on Nancy Peter Pelosi. since. Ah, that's true. Uh, no, uh, that girl has been hitting on Peter for a very long time, and I wish something would happen, yeah. either good or bad. And, and she was referenced when he went off in the Marvel team up issue, too. She was like, didn't he stand her up or something? I forget. Anyway, uh, anyway, I like that little moment. I like the uh, the the uh, Norman Harry relationship. Although, as 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 when Jr. was talking about it, I noticed that uh, there's there's father son. There's a couple things going on. Um, Jameson Jr. is getting along with Jameson Sr. a little bit better, and Harry Osborne is getting along with Norman a little bit better. What do you think that's about? I, I just found that odd that they're they're uh, becoming friends again, both of them, or if all four of them. It's just I, a thematic thing. Yeah. So, um, let's... I think Harry's Tic Tacs actually dropped, too, because <laughs> it seems like he actually has a spy now against his father. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't see Harry get along with Norman better at all until, you know, he accepted his offer at the end right. because of the thing with Lily, but I didn't see them getting along at all. The uh, Also, the the Wolverine conversation I thought was a great high point about the uh, killing a guy versus taking what, – what was the what was the line? I don't have the book in front of me. It was uh, There's a difference between taking someone down and taking them taking out. Taking them out. I thought that was a great, great point, and I thought that was neat. Uh, what else did I like from the book? Uh, I'm with JR. I don't mind pregnant Lily. I think that's kind of a neat little Osborne baby goblin coming out sometime soon. So I think that's kind of gross, and it's supposed to be gross. You're supposed to be grossed out by the sign of a pregnant, ugly demon. I don't think we're supposed to go, oh, look at that little demon. No, no, we're supposed to be grossed the hell out by this stuff. So Joe, it's going to be Hellboy yeah. <laughs> with the shaved off horns of his mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hellboy Junior is what it is, and, and and I just am looking forward to this art, this uh, arc, this American Sun arc. So A minus out of me. So let's go over the the grades again. We got Stella with the B minus, C plus, Zach A plus, B on Jr. B plus from Kevin and Michael gave it an A minus, and I give it an A minus. So this, I don't, I don't think. This has been a bad month, Spider-Man-wise. Do you guys? I mean, I don't remember us giving this high grades ever on books. <laughs> no, well, not since not since really since the uh, brand new era. Right. I mean, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I think we probably may have given them some back in the uh, before uh, back when we had Friendly Neighborhood and and uh, Marvel Knights. But uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Zation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, probably not not since the brand new eras began, and I think I, I, I think again we've had this forward momentum. Each each issue has been building t- to, into the next, so we're not having these joint disconnects that we've had for so long. So, I mean, kudos to the guys uh, guys at Marvel. Right now. Uh, let's talk about something that Spidey Dude is a very big fan of the uh, the Clone Saga. Is it coming back? Brevoort in his blog at Marvel.com says there's news coming soon. The Marvel Spotlight issue has a picture of Ben Riley on the cover. Uh, there's new Clone Saga something coming about. Spidey Dude, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I posted this on Spidey.com, the Clone Saga sightings. Uh, I, really, I'm very excited and I'm very curious. And I think that this announcement probably will come at a panel at San Diego Comic Con because it's about two or three weeks away. 
So we're probably going to see uh, that being announced then. That's my speculation. Uh, I've speculated that there's a possibility that Ben Riley may be coming back in ASM 600. Yeah. Um, if he does, I mean, that's just uh, my question is: Is he going to be a uh, how he's going to be received? I mean, your aunt, aunt may briefly talk to him shortly before she had her stroke, um, before she supposedly died. So. Um, it's kind of I'm kind of curious to see where this is going to go because they have never met and he has her 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 maiden name. Right. Um, Peter interaction with Peter that's going to be very key. Uh, is it going to pick up that brotherly relationship that he's never had with the exception during towards the end of the Clone Saga? Here, here's here's uh, an idea. Maybe at the end of 600, Aunt May's going to be pregnant. Uh, <laughs> I grossed everybody. Uglier than uh, you. <laughs> But did you, you know, I, a little speculation on my part. I, I went to Newsarama or whatever that, that does the uh, previews of Amazing 596, I think. Uh, I, I like skimmed them and it looks like Norman's cooking something up in the vats where he keeps like genetic tests or something. Could one of those be Ben Riley? That's a very good possibility because one of the big, uh, big beefs about the, uh, about Spider-Man 75, as great as an issue as that is, was that Ben Riley melted um, when it was previously said that uh, clone degeneration actually is this very slow and painful process. It's not very quick, mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and only clones that are freshly made can melt, uh, as evidenced by the Gwyn clones that melted and the thousands upon thousands of clones that were made during the god-awful Maximum Clonage story arc. Right. So uh, it's always been a big beef that it, that. That Ben was switched uh, between uh, ASM five, I'm uh, sorry, four four fourteen and Spider Man seventy five. Um, it's very likely and a very po- a very good possibility. Uh, if you're good, my big thing is, is if you're going to bring back Ben Riley, you got to bring back Kane and have him be a, a, a protagonist. Or and I'm very interested to see how Ben and uh, and uh, Norman. Get along. Let's, That's a very. Let's big open it up to the group. Anyone hop in whenever you want. What do you think of a possible Clone Saga return? It'd well, be kind I of was, interesting. Uh, it, oh. Go ahead, Michael. Oh, sorry. Uh, it'd be kind of interesting if only that we could finally get some trades out of the original yeah. Clone Saga, True. as I've never read it and I'm kind of interested, but don't have the finances right now to start going through. You know, four years it seemed of back issues, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to go down anything like the previous Clone Saga because that's just not how Marvel does things these days. If they're going to do it, they're going to do a new twist on it. They're going to hype up the Ben Riley to get some of the older Spider fans excited. But I think at the end of the day, it's just going to be a new clone of Peter Parker. Mm. I think they're bringing Ben Riley back, honestly. I really do. I know, JR, you hate the Clone Saga. You want nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, not, not necessarily. Yep. I mean, uh, one of these days, if I ever write again, uh, I, you know, want to give my opinions on that. It, it, the Clone Saga itself, I mean, uh, well, that's too big of a subject to get into, but I've got very mixed feelings about this because I don't know that Marvel will really pull the trigger on dealing with mm-hmm. it. Because because ever since um, the the, uh, the first reboot back with Byrne and Mackey, they have just steadily avoided yeah. 
any reference to the Clone Saga at 10 all. Ten years. So Ten years they've yeah, avoided exactly. it. Yeah. And that begs the question, why now? I mean, it's almost, it's more interesting that they, they're hinting their return to it mm-hmm. than the fact that they really are. I mean, are they more concerned about sales than they're letting on? And therefore, you know, because this is, this is really a popular subject with people. There's a lot of people out there who really like it. And there's a lot of unresolved questions. And it was a major part of Peter and Spider-Man's life. And you don't forget events of that magnitude. So if it's written well, if it's handled well, it really could be something great. I mean, particularly now that we've got Norman who was the mastermind of the thing back in the mix. And if we bring Ben back, you know, and have him confront Norman, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good, potentially good stuff. But I'm more curious, you know, like I said, I have, I have little faith in Marvel mm-hmm. because, you know, we were just talking about how their bad PR a little while ago, you know, how they've screwed up, they screwed up the, uh, the, uh, the shock of Lily being pregnant by releasing a cover already. I mean, their their PR is terrible. I mean, it's just absolutely terrible. They don't. They either don't deliver on something they promote, or they ruin, they ruin uh, spoilers by promoting them too early. Yeah. So not only do I not have any faith in them to honestly deal with the clone saga, but I'm actually more interested in why they're they're willing to deal with it now after after ten years of ignoring it. So mixed feelings. Kev, you're a semi fan of the clone saga, right? Yeah, I was uh, initially very excited when I saw the news about that, but somebody pointed out Spider-Girl. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more I think we're getting all pumped up for a return of Ben Riley and all that kind of stuff. But really, nobody ever said this had anything to do with Amazing Spider-Man or current continuity. I think it's unfortunately more likely that it's going to be an Amazing Spider-Man family event and probably have something to do with Spider-Girl and pumping that up because, you know, Joe Quesada has really tried to promote Spider-Girl. Some people have it in for Joe Quesada and think that, you know, because it's, uh, because Spider-Girl's been canceled so many times, he has it in for the title. But that's that's not the case. He's saved the title a million times. Most people would have canceled it already. So I wouldn't put it past him to try to promote this whole thing as an event to try to get interest back into Spider-Girl. Um, and really, when you look at where this news came from, uh, we all got it from this Marvel Spotlight issue that's supposed to be spotlighting summer events. So we all thought, oh, God, summer events. But it said summer events of 09. And if there was going to be something like this, an Amazing Spider-Man, anywhere close to the summer, uh, I think we would have heard about that. Yeah. The summer event for Amazing Spider-Man is American Sun. It's number 600. It's, you know, Mary Jane's coming back. We haven't heard anything even relating to the Clone Saga. And the other things they're talking about in this events issue, one of them, you know, they called it, the the way they stated it was the new Fantastic Four. Everybody was like, oh, there's going to be another new team? Turns out all they were talking about was the new Fantastic Four creative team. Jonathan Hickman and Dale Eaglesham are taking over from Mark Miller and Brian Hitch. Well, I'm sorry, that's not an event. They clearly don't have these events labeled well. There's nothing event about that. So I don't think it's going to be as big as we think it is, and unfortunately I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Amazing Spider-Man at all. I would be surprised, you know, I'd be for it, but I'd be surprised if we're going to get anything like Ben Riley returning. Well, uh, to, to, to jump in on Kevin for a second, uh, another, the other thing I did speculate was that there's a good possibility that we may be getting an omnibus finally, yeah. of at least the first part. Uh, to counteract that point, though, about the summer events, um, Secret Invasion was was listed as a summer event, and so was Civil War. So they 
the summer event may be the launch pad in the, during the summer months into the rest of the year. So uh, that I, I agree with what you're saying, but they, that may be the reasoning behind the phrasing on that. Yeah, I think I think the odds are the best for the omnibus, which which I'm wondering how many omnibuy to buy. <laughs> I mean, how many omnibuses I, would there be? I mean, there could there could potentially be at least six to ten volumes of omnibuses. Uh, yes, because, uh, well, I think we'd have to see at least four. You think so? I, I think we'd have to see at least Kevin, four. How much um, do those things cost? Because I haven't bought like they cost a hundred dollars a piece. No matter how big they are, they're all a hundred. Well, no, that's not true. No. And they've done some small runs. They've been seventy-five. Okay. But and they've got a Golden big. Age Marvel one coming out for a hundred and twenty-five. Oh, sweet. Geez. I think really? this is going to be. A, I think it's going to be a classics. The uh, the classic line like the New Mutants and the Cable and stuff that's about thirty bucks a piece and they're gonna drag it out over ten volumes. Holy hell! And the thing that's gonna be your problem, honestly, if you get an omnibus, is do you get a volume two? Uh, the first, I think there's been one other one, maybe Fantastic Four, but besides that, the first volume two omnibus I've seen solicited was Tomb of Dracula. And that's shocked me, honestly, but they seem to be doing it as kind of their Halloween promotion. They released Tomb of Dracula Omnibus Volume 1 last Halloween. They've got the next one solicited for this Halloween. You, I think that's the only reason. Them. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but even if, so my point is, it ran for 70 issues, plus uh, some giant-sized stuff and uh, some other crossovers. The first volume collected about the first 34 issues, and the next volume's collecting the rest of it. I'm wondering if they're going to do a Volume 3 for the other... There have been several miniseries and things since that original What's series. With the discount, how much is it, uh, Kev? Uh, it's $60, 60 for the discount. Um, Mail Order Comics takes 40% yeah. off, and since it's a $100 book, that's $40 off. That's why I always wow. order them, because I'm not going to get that deal <laughs> so again. So are you going to pick up the Clone Saga if they do an Omnibuy? Um, Me? Yeah. I have all the original issues. Okay. Zach, you going to buy it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even though you have the, all the issues, though, aren't you? Don't you? Uh, I have most of the issues. I don't have all of them. Because okay. I, I, I got in so late with the Clone Saga, and, and my comic shop has been so slow to get back issues. Right. Uh, uh, and, and I prefer to shop there. I am going to order I have ordered some for uh, online to be uh, delivered to me. Yeah. Uh, but he's my comic shop owner basically said, give me a list. I will order them, and, they, and I will hold them back. Michael, will, you, bu- will you buy the Omnibus? <laughs> That's depending on how my depending on how my finances yeah. go. I, you know, I would probably get them from probably get it from an online source like In Stock Trades, yeah, and, which is the same company as Discount Comic Book yeah. Service. Uh, you know, it, it would be interesting to have the. My only problem with Omnibus is hard to lift. Is <laughs> is well, they're great for for home security. My problem with them is that <laughs> they're so big yeah. that. You can't. Hold, it's not like a trade which you can kind of hold in your hand like a comic book, yeah. like you're supposed to do, as I was taught to low though many years ago. And then putting it on a table, you know, you're, you run the risk of breaking the spine. And I like to kind of keep my books in good condition. I'm not a Nazi about it. So it's just my only problem with them is that they are so large, and that eventually they're just going to shatter whatever bookcase <laughs> you put them on. True. It's just gonna, you're just gonna hear this giant crash and, you know, come in and action figures and books are gonna be all over the yeah, floor. Yeah, you don't want so. that. That's like a... Yeah, I actually have three omnibuses and, uh, I haven't read any of them because I just can't take these damn things to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I never have enough reading time Like reading the phone book at work. Stella, are you gonna pick up the Clone Saga? It's 60 bucks is a big commitment, you know? 
Yeah, it is. I think the only the only one I have is Captain America, and that was a commitment I couldn't. Holy Michael, you're right. You need the Heimlich? The Heimlich? Are you okay? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought I muted myself. I apologize. It's all right. Stella, what were you? I did hit a mute button. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, the only omnibus that I have is Captain America, and that was an investment that I could live with because I read through that thing really quickly. Um, this one, I'm not too sure uh, about it. I mean, I'm not – if I was as in love with it as uh, Spidey Dude is, I would go for it, but yeah. I don't have, like, a strong feeling This is feeling like a commitment way. of four $60 volumes, so that's, that's yeah. a lot of money. yeah. And, I, and I'll be. Like I and said, I, that's the thing that would get me is if they're probably not going to do a volume two. If they do, it'll be a couple of years after the first one, so you'll be left with the first part of the story, and then what? You got to go drop two hundred dollars on the other back issues. And, and that's why I'm saying they're probably going to go towards the more affordable classics line. I mean, if they're going to put that god awful Captain America story from ninety three, ninety four fighting chance into a trade. They're gonna what put was the, that? Uh, fighting chance. Gonna... Remember when he got the armor? Oh god. At the end of Mark Rowe. Oh god, that was bad. That was bad. And they and they put that into trade. So yeah. you know I I think the trade front would be more economical for them yeah. uh, for and them really, on a, there on is a some there is some good art from that period. There's also a lot of just absolute horrible art. And <laughs> one of the points of an omnibus is that it's it's bigger than anything else, so you get this larger art to really showcase that art. I don't think they necessarily want to showcase some of that art, personally. Yeah. And the Clone Saga? Yeah, I'm talking about the Clone Saga. There was some shit art in that. <laughs> there was some great Mark Bagley stuff. There was some... There was- you know, there was there were plenty of great artists, but especially a lot of those like spin offs and stuff. Oh yeah. At maximum clonage. There was some terrible art going on. Like Spider Man Unlimited had some crappy art. I mean it was bad. I wouldn't I mean, I'll just I I liked it. I didn't mind uh Unlimited because I I got used to that art style. But I'll tell you right now, the worst thing and the biggest travesty of the clone saga in my opinion was the inking on Spectacular. Yeah. Even though Spectacular 223 was my first issue. Uh, yeah. that, I didn't like uh, Bill Son of a Bitch's art over... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over... Uh, yeah, I apologize. Bill Son of a Bitch uh, just didn't care his, for his stuff over Sal, and I love Sal. But man, Sal. Yeah, I agree. The original <laughs> appearance of, uh, what was it, Spider Sad when he mutated yeah. in the sewers was yeah. one of the worst looking things it's, I've ever seen. I think I say that because every time I see his inking, I say son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, last topic before, before we wrap this show up, we're going to hit this month in Spider History. Uh, a recommendation from Michael Bailey. He said we should go back to June 2001. So this is uh, what came out this month was Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, number 30, or regular numbering 471. This was the first issue that JMS wrote. You have a great cover by uh, Mr. Scott Campbell, webbing up a whole bunch of bad guys in a big spider ball. This was also the first appearance of Kyle Jacoby. Does anybody know who that is? That's, that was... Uh Hasn't been seen in nine years. Uh, one of Spider-Man's, uh, or Peter Parker's students in uh, Midtown High that he was teaching. It was also the first appearance of Ezekiel and the first appearance of Morlin. And also came out this month was Spider-Man Volume 2, number 30. Uh, that issue had, it's called 300, written by Paul Jenkins and Mark Buckingham. I really don't remember this one, but it was the first appearance of Fusion. 
And also, we had a new Spider title came out in June of 2001. It was Spider-Man Tangle, Spider-Man's Tangled Web. Uh, the issue was titled The Coming of the Thousand, written by Garth Ennis and penciled by John McCrae. So, JR, we always go to you. What do you think of June 2001? Was this a good Spider Month? I was pretty underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, I remember, I mean, I, you know, if you got to, if, if you, um, you know, turn the Wayback Machine back to uh, 2001 mm-hmm. and how just ecstatic we were that uh, Howard Mackey was leaving yeah. the, uh, the series. In fact, in fact, our old buddy George Berriman uh, will be able to uh, wax quite eloquently on uh, the uh, the end of the Mackey era and coming of JMS. But I remember how excited we were that we were getting a real writer, uh, you know, a real top-notch writer to the titles. And I remember how, how disappointed I was only because we had just been through years of convoluted stories that ultimately went nowhere. And then the first thing that JMS decides to do is he decides to start another convoluted story with Ezekiel, which ultimately, I wouldn't say went nowhere, but ultimately proved to be very disappointing. So I I just remember being underwhelmed because I thought, oh, God, just give us some simple, cool stories. Let's not start on another big, long arc, which (laughs) isn't going to wrap up anytime soon. Mm So that's that's kind of how I remember that. Uh, I don't. I don't. As far I don't remember as, the tangled web issue. I remember. I don't think I liked it mainly because of the artwork. Well, I uh, I didn't buy it for that very reason yeah. because it was tangled web was not supposed to be really you know about Spider Man. It was supposed to be about Spider Man's world. Yeah. Which yeah, good luck in selling that thing. It lasted less than two years. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to wonder. You know, it's like when when they. You gotta wonder what's in the water when they're having some of these conferences and they decide to, uh, they decide to, uh, green light some of these projects. But yeah, I mean, it was written by Garth Ennis who hates superheroes and the art sucked. I mean, what in the world, why in the world would you buy Not that? Not sold. Do you remember the Peter Parker issue that came out? Uh, yeah, it was the, uh, the beginning of Fusion 2 and everybody remembers Fusion 1. <laughs> it was these, you know, I mean, it was these two little dwarf scientists that got fused together in some experiment back in Amazing 208. Anyway, this was Fusion 2, and uh, he actually had an interesting motivation. Uh, his son, <laughs> I guess, did the Superman thing, you know, put a cape on and jumped off a building or something. But his uh, his son killed himself because he was copying some of Spider-Man's antics, so he hated Spider-Man. Not really a bad idea, particularly since it echoed what Jonah had always said, that kids were going to, you know, um, imitate Spider-Man to the, to the tragic result. But it, unfortunately not, you know, and, and, and sadly for Jenkins, because Jenkins was usually a good writer, a good idea that wasn't really well executed. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what I remember back at this date in history. <laughs> now, I think this is one of, the first, one of the first months where everybody on the panel right now has read these issues. I mean, Stella, were you reading back in 2001? Yeah. Okay, so we, we everybody else? I, yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who said no? Michael, did you say no? No, I oh, said okay. yes. Everybody said yeah. yes. What do, you, what do you think of this month? Was it a good month? Anybody jump in. It was good. Stella. <laughs> I love Skype. <laughs> Stella, Stella was was starting to say Go something. Go ahead, Stella. So. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I think um, for the most part it was a good month, and I think it was especially teasing us of what was to come uh, when they're introducing Ezekiel and Morlin, which would play very heavily in the future. So I think those are the two main points that I remembered of this and, issue. Uh, Kevin loves JMS's stuff, so this really just. You were probably Gaga, right? Did you buy it right off the stand? 
I did not. My uh, my experience with this one was a little bit different than everybody else because right. I have said before I kind of came back for the first time since I was a kid to really buying comics regularly monthly with the first part of Sins Past. Mm, okay. So after that, I went to my local comic shop and bought the entire Straczynski run back when I had all that disposable income when I lived with my dad. Yeah. Um, we all had that disposable income. <laughs> yeah. No mortgage. Um, no rent. <laughs> and of course, this this is blew me away. Who did that? <laughs> that was that was, that was nice. Real nice. That was, that was Jr. I don't know if everybody heard that. Go ahead one more time. Zach. Rent. There you go. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, this was this was me, you know, sitting down with this whole run I just bought and starting off the run and this just you know, blew me away. This was great comics. Um because I had already kind of read part of where it was going, even though the two didn't really connect very much, but uh, all the little things going on with Moreland and the introduction of Ezekiel at the end was great and J.R. Jr.'s art was great, which was it was good for me because J.R. Jr. was around when I was reading as a kid, you know, some clone saga stuff. So it was kind of J.R. Jr. is about as iconic to me as John Romita Sr. is for somebody that grew up in the sixties. Right. So it was yeah, it was a great issue. I have not read any of the other two from this month. I was never a fan of the uh, Paul Jenkins stuff I read, so I don't seek it out. And honestly, why would you put Garth Ennis on a Spider Man book? Yeah. Now, Mike, did, um, actually, I, go, go ahead. You, did you pick this up off this? I almost said spinner rack, but that's not. They didn't have it in 2001, <laughs> even. At the time that this came out was, was a particular period at the time, the comic shop I go to, where every, the, everybody came in on the same day to get their books, and we would sit around for hours talking about it. And this was this was kind of like the Molotov cocktail of that week. We were all really excited for it. We all read it. We all liked it. I, I unfortunately did not continue buying my – I didn't start regularly buying the Spider-Man books till the other, uh, which should tell you some of my tastes. Uh, but my God, but my I God, man! It. <laughs> they yeah, say they I say it every was, book uh, is somebody's first. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Um, I uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought it was a good way to re- reinvigorate the character. I liked bringing Spy- uh, Peter back to being a school teacher. Um, and, and just overall, really enjoyed the issue. I, the reason why they brought. Uh, Garth Ennis and, and John McRae onto a Spider-Man book is that this was during the Gemus uh, Quesada era where they were throwing everything at the wall yeah. just to see if it was going to stick. And and I don't know if I'd agree that, uh, that Ennis hates superheroes because I've read a couple things of his that were rather flattering to them, especially of all people to Superman. But... Yeah, it was kind of weird to, to, to put these two on, on a Spider-Man-related book. I will agree with and that. And a hell of a first issue to start off with. I mean, why? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Zach, what do you think, sir? Real quick. Uh, you, you love this era, didn't you? I actually – this was probably one of my favorite eras of the modern age. When, I'm, I'm, when I say modern age being the past ten years. Um, definitely – it was a it was a it was an exhale. Uh, I'll tell you this though, I still don't. I, I, issue thirty of Amazing sold out so quickly yeah. at my comic shop, and they couldn't get any reorders. I had to literally read this online. Really? Uh, yeah, I, they they had gave the full issue online because they had sold out at Diamond twice, and uh, so I actually read this issue online. Uh, good. So it was a good issue. My personal uh, nostalgic memories is I really liked. Uh, 
fusion. I thought he had a fantastic motivation. I thought uh, I really uh, you had a holy crap moment when he blows up and kills the three hundred people, which was the hence the name of the story. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like this. I did not pick up web, web spinners and everything I've read, even the reviews I've read, or not web spinners, uh, Tangled Web. Uh, it was so painfully bad. Apparently, a guy eats the uh, spider that bit Peter, and he becomes a thousand spiders. And, yeah, not good. At all. <laughs> uh, well, that little um, spider so. gets around, doesn't he? Kind of like Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap it up there. you got to love it when Stella gets the last word and makes all of us guys blush. But before we go, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. If you haven't submitted your June order, there is still time. They have a special on Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 1, and the cover price is 4 bucks. Mail order has it for $2.00. And 47 cents, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Guys, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. <laughs>